Good morning. How's everybody doing? Nice. Uh, again, my name is Eric. I get to be the pastor here. Just want to say welcome. So glad that you are here. We are spending the whole month of January talking about prayer. We're looking at what Jesus says about pray like this. We're also in our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we want to encourage you to jump in. Maybe even this first week, you're like, oh, that's right. I was going to do that. I was going to spend some time in prayer or I was going to give something up. I was going to fast something, maybe something I eat or social media or something I drink or something I watch to allow God more space to come into our lives. That's why we fast. We want to remove something temporarily out of our lives to allow God more space to come in and make a difference in our lives. And if you haven't grabbed yet one of our 21 days of courageous prayers, they're just very simple prayer guides. They have a little devotional thought in there, going through different psalms and kind of the my statements that God is my portion, that God is my rock, that God is my savior. And then a little space there to reflect on that. So our gift to you, just you can grab one of those at our resource table uh, anytime this month, anytime this winter, just that you're looking for something to focus your heart and your mind towards Jesus, grab one of those. And it's been neat just even this last week to see how, how God is moving and people hearing stories of, of our small groups coming together and people praying out loud together. On Thursday night, uh, we gathered in my house as well for a time of unplugged worship and prayer. And we're going to be doing that these next two Thursday nights as well. We invite you to come on over. Uh, Thursday night, 6.30 till uh, 8 p.m. We have a little bit of childcare, so you can just talk to Kristen to make sure we have, we have space for that. But about 16 adults, 12, uh, 14 kids, we all, we all gathered together. And, and we spent some time, we, we'd share a scripture, we, we'd pray, we'd sing a song together. It was a really special time of just connecting with our God on Thursday night. And again, we're doing that these next two weeks. Just an opportunity for you to connect with God, to be refreshed during these, especially these 21 days. As we start this new year, or as we start a new decade, we want our, our gaze our minds focused on Christ. Amen. And so today, um, as I was researching, just I spent this whole month, you know, uh, researching prayer and what some of those faith giants have said about prayer. You know, I read about great heroes of the faith like Martin Luther and John Wesley and John Fox. And these guys would spend hours each day in prayer. Even though they had lots and lots to do, they would still spend so much time in prayer. And that's awesome to have that kind of prayer life. But you know, if you're like me, it's easy to think, instead of just being encouraged by that, I get discouraged and by such examples. I think in these, these giants of faith, man, I can barely make it through maybe five minutes of prayer thinking, how could I spend an hour or two hours or three hours in prayer? But here is what's so important to remember for all of us, is that God meets us where we are and then slowly leads us into deeper things. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. That wherever you are today in your journey, Maybe you've been walking with God for decades and decades, and you've had daily quiet time for a long time. Well, God wants to meet you where you are and still lead you into deeper things. There's still more that God has for you. Maybe you're new to this whole Jesus thing or, or going to church or even just prayer. Well, God wants to meet you where you are and slowly lead you into deeper things. That's what I love about God is that he takes us where we are and slowly moves us in there. 
Throughout my adult life, I've had seasons where I've been um, training for runs, and I've gone on 5Ks and 10Ks and uh, run up to 10 miles, and then there's times when I get out of the habit and we have more and more babies and I don't run. But what's great is that wherever I'm at in my fitness journey, that, you know, I can always stretch myself and get better. And, and an occasional runner like me, who hasn't run probably in a little while now, but I'm not going to sign up for a marathon tomorrow because that would literally kill me, Right? Same thing with you in your life. Like, don't think like, oh, I gotta spend all this time in prayer or I gotta, you know, just do a juice fast for 21 days or whatever that is. Like, it's okay to take just this next baby step. If you're, you know, an occasional runner, you just wanna like, hey, I wanna run 100 feet, 100 yards, you know, whatever that might be, until slowly you stretch yourself and stretch yourself. And same thing with prayer. If we continue to exercise the spiritual discipline of discipline of prayer, we can expect to pray with greater authority and spiritual success at the end of this year than we do today and now. It is possible to learn to pray with more effectiveness. It is possible to grow in our ability to pray. But I think sometimes we go into prayer maybe feeling a little discouraged and defeated because we've been taught, maybe, that the whole universe is already set. And so things can't be changed. And so if things can't be changed, then why do we pray? Well, honestly, the Bible doesn't teach that. People prayed throughout the Bible as if their prayers could and would make a difference. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 3, 9 that we are co-laborers with God to determine the outcome of events. It's honestly more to do with the Greek philosophy of Stoicism, or what I will call sometimes modern Christian fatalism, that demands a closed universe with everything already preordained. The reality is that God has devised prayer as a means of enlisting us as participants in the work that he has ordained. God has devised prayer as a means of enlisting us as participants in the work that he has ordained. Do you know that you have been invited by God to participate with him in his redemptive plan in this world? He wants to work with you and through you to make his purposes known in this world. And here's the reality is that that we have to live with this mystery that my good God ordains all things for my good and his glory. But also that God invites me to pray and promises to respond to my prayers. We talked last week that we don't know why exactly prayer is so important to missions work, to evangelism, to sharing the good news of Jesus, to meeting people's needs, but we know that it is. And that God enlists us as his participants to accomplish his purposes. And hopefully that's a liberating idea to you that our prayers actually can make a difference. It also sets a tremendous responsibility before us that we are working with God to determine the future. Our prayers can change the world. I believe that. And so we are spending time saying, what does Jesus say about prayer? Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 11. Uh, before we do that, or while you're doing that, uh, just join me in a word of prayer. Jesus, I thank you that you are here with us, that you are our great defender, you are our savior, you are the rock that we can stand on when all the world seems like it's shifting sand. So Jesus, I pray that we would learn to pray like you prayed. God, that each and every one of us would learn to pray with greater effectiveness and boldness and courage, that we would recognize that you are inviting us to participate with you to accomplish your redemptive purposes in this world. So Lord, we ask that we would just take that responsibility seriously. 
Jesus, that you would speak to us this morning. You would speak through me, through your word, just in this whole morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, in Luke 11, Jesus is going to tackle probably our biggest frustration when it comes to prayer. And that is, why is it there are times when I pray boldly, when I pray with great faith for something, and I believe this is God's will, and yet God doesn't respond the way I think he should? That is so frustrating. Maybe that's one of the reasons you quit praying. Or maybe even you abandon God or walk away from church because you prayed a prayer and thought, this has to be God's will. That my parents wouldn't get divorced. That my marriage would be saved. That this person would be healed. And then it doesn't happen. And you're left wondering, what is going on? Well, the good news is that Jesus actually addresses this frustration that you and I have all experienced. And the reason he addresses it, because he knew that you and I would have these frustrations. In Luke 11, verse 1, here's what Dr. Luke records. He says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. Now many... Most of Jesus' disciples are good Jewish boys. They'd grown up learning all their prayers. And they're like, we understand prayer. We get this whole deal. But Jesus, when we watch you pray, there's something different about that. There's something different about how you pray. So Jesus, would you teach us to pray like you pray? And he says, sure, yes, I will teach you how to pray. So the first key point here is Jesus is teaching us, you can be taught how to pray. You can be taught how to pray. You can grow Sometimes I think people say, well, that's just not my spiritual gift. I'm just not, I'm no good at praying. I just don't know what to say. But Jesus says, you can be taught. You can grow in your ability to pray and connect with God. He said to him, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Now, last week, we talked about the Lord's Prayer as a model for our prayers. And so if you're here last week, or maybe you know the Lord's Prayer, you might read this and think, Jesus, what's going on? You misquoted the Lord's Prayer. What is going on here? Like, silly, we know this last week. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, but you forgot the whole, your kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like, what is going on? How did you misquote your own prayer, Jesus, right? That's kind of odd. Well, here's what's going on. Previously, Jesus had taught them in Matthew about the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this. That's what we walked through last week. So now he's just giving them kind of uh, an overview, a reminder for them. He says, here, that's right. I've taught you this for. Let's review. Number one, honor God. Number two, pray for God's kingdom to expand. Number three, ask God to meet your daily needs. Four, confess your sins. And five, ask God to lead and guide you away from temptation. He's like, remember, we've, I've taught about this before, just as a review and then, after Jesus reviews the Lord's Prayer, he launches into this crazy story about what happens when you don't get the answer that you want when you pray. And why is this so significant? Why is this so significant that what Jesus is going to teach next and tell these stories? Because Jesus could have said anything when it came to prayer. He said, teach us how to pray, and he gives the review of the Lord's Prayer, but then he launches into this story. And when Jesus could have said anything about prayer, this is what he had to say. And he said to them, while we're on this subject of prayer, I've told you how to pray. We've reviewed this. Let me give you this scenario. Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey. I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, 
Do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot give, get up and give you anything. So if you're like the disciples, you're like, Jesus, I'm totally lost right now. You were talking about prayer and now you're telling this story about a guy in bed and his kids are there and his wife is there and someone's knocking on the door. Give me some bread. What is going on? And Jesus is like, just hang on. Just, just give me a minute, all right? It's one of those stories that Jesus is always telling. Like, this is a parable to illustrate my point. He says, I tell you, Though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, yet because of his impudence or persistence, you could translate that word, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. The idea is this, that the man is not going to get up and give him some bread because he's a friend, but the fact that the guy's going to keep standing there and keep knocking on the door and bother him, wake up all the neighbors, finally out of frustration, he's going to go, good grief. He's going to get out of bed and wake up his wife and get the bread and unlock the door and say, here, take the bread, go feed your friends. Jesus says, even though he's not going to do it out of friendship, but because he's irritated and wants the guy to go away, he's finally going to get up and go give him some bread. This is what Jesus is talking about prayer. Now, let's talk about parables. A couple summers ago, we went through all the parables of Jesus in the book of Luke. And we said, when we're looking at these stories, we need to ask two questions especially. Number one, who am I in this story and who is God in this story? So who am I in the story, and who is God? We read the story of the prodigal son. Actually, Jeremy talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's really the story of the prodigal sons. And many of us, we're either the older son, where we try to get God off our back by being good and have religion, and then we get uptight about those who God saves through his grace. Or we're the younger son, and we reject God and run away. And who's God in that story? He's the father. And he runs towards the younger son, and he moves towards the older son as well. And the parable of the Good Samaritan, we talk about that a couple months ago as well, a couple years ago as well. The man is lying there beaten in the road. He can't save himself. All these people come by. No one saves him except for the Samaritan. And the Samaritan binds up his wounds and takes care of him. Who are we in that story? We're actually the man lying in the road, beaten. There's nothing we can do to save ourselves. And Jesus comes along in an unusual way. And he comes and saves us and binds up our wounds and does what we could not do for ourselves. So in each parable, we have to ask, who am I? Who is God? Well, this one's a little confusing, because I'm sure the disciples are thinking, well, you know, I think the guy knocking on the door is supposed to be us, and the story's about prayer, and so prayer's like knocking on a door trying to get something, so that makes God the grumpy old guy inside? What? That's not who God is, right? So then Jesus, a little bit later, tells a similar story in Luke chapter 18, and it starts off, actually, he says, Jesus told this parable so they would always pray and not lose heart. And Jesus tells this story about a judge. And he's an unrighteous judge who doesn't fear God. And that's how he, he starts it off. And there's this widow who needs this unrighteous judge to come to her defense. And she says, help me, give me justice. He says, get out of here. Help me, give me justice. He says, get out of here. But then Jesus says this unrighteous, ungod-fearing judge finally says, fine. I'll do what she wants me to do. Not because I care about her, not because I love God, but just to get her off my back and get her to leave me alone. So you read these two parables, you think, okay, I know who I am. I'm like that widow. I need justice. I'm like the man knocking on the door who needs the bread of God. I need some sustenance. I need something. But Jesus, I don't know about this. You're not making God look too good, right? This is Jesus. He's like an unrighteous judge or a grumpy guy who only gets out of bed because his friend keeps banging on the door. But you know what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying, God is not bothered by your persistent, consistent prayers. In fact, God is honored by it. He's moved by it. 
God is honored by your persistent, consistent prayers. Jesus is saying, when you pray, tell God he's great. Tell him that you surrendered to his will. Tell him what you need. And oh yeah, don't quit asking. Don't quit asking because your prayers have the potential to move the heart of God. Did you know that? Listen how Jesus interprets it in case we miss it. Luke 11, verse nine. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Jesus says, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Don't give up. Jesus says, you've asked me to teach you how to pray. I'm telling you how to pray. Keep asking and sometimes your father will give in because God is honored by your persistent, consistent prayer. And then if we don't understand, verse 10, for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now I'm sure you're thinking, of all those exceptions, Jesus, you said, if I keep asking, God's gonna answer. But there were times when I prayed for something and you didn't come through. And Jesus says, I get it. I understand my good friends, Mary and Martha, prayed that their brother Lazarus would not die, but he died. Sometimes things don't go the way you expect them to go. But you asked me to teach you how to pray, and I'm telling you how to pray. Don't let go until you absolutely have to. God is honored and moved by your consistent, persistent prayers. You know the other thing that happens? when we keep asking and seeking and knocking, is that in that process of asking and seeking and knocking, God does something inside of us, the asker and the seeker and the knocker. See, there's times I think that we get so locked in on something we want God to do and refuse to give up. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm asking, I'm seeking, I'm knocking, I'm not gonna give up, God. I'm not gonna give up, God. But in the process, we realize that we're praying for the wrong thing. Because what God wants for us is actually over here. But we never would have known unless we drilled down to the point where we're open and able to hear God say, no, actually, that's the wrong prayer. Go over there and pray for that. When, about five years ago, Chris and I were at this place, we're in Wisconsin, and and, and we were part of a church plan, and it wasn't working out, and we were trying to figure out, what are we gonna do next? We're living surrounded by all these Packer fans, and they're crazy. They're like, God, where are you gonna send us? And there was a church in Maplewood, uh, Trinity Baptist Church, and I went through a nine-month process of, of potentially being their next senior pastor. And then we prayed so hard, and my family was praying and believing this is where God has us, in Maplewood. And, and, and believing that's what we wanted. And then as it came down to the final candidates, they hired someone else. Who's gone, by the way? So they picked the wrong person. Just kidding. I'm not better at all. Like, he only made it like three years. Like, come on. I would have been there 30. That's all right. Uh, but as we were out seeking and knocking and praying, believing this must be what God has for us, God says, no, I actually have something better for you, not in Maplewood, Maple Grove. This is where God wanted us to be. But we wouldn't have known that if we wouldn't have kept asking and seeking and knocking because God always does something inside of us that God is not irritated by our persistent, consistent prayers. God is honored by it. He does something every time because Jesus says, if you ask, you're gonna hear something. If you seek, you're gonna find something. If you knock, a door will be opened. One of my favorite books I read in 2019, I encourage 
you to go get, get it. It's not a Christian book. Uh, a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Really great book. But in there, he says that every action we take is a vote for the kind of person we want to be. But he says the best way to change who we are is by developing these habits. But one of the ways we change our thinking is instead of just saying, like, I, I want to go to the gym and I want to lose this weight, it's to say, I'm the type of person that doesn't miss workouts. And every action you take by going to the gym is a vote for that you're the kind of person that says, I don't miss my Monday, Wednesday, Friday workouts. That's the kind of person I am. And maybe when you first make that commitment, you're not that kind of person. But every action you take then is a vote for that person. I want to encourage you, if you want to be a person to say, I am someone who prays consistently and persistently, that to lock into that identity and make that part of who you are. Grab a journal. Uh, I like the, the Moleskine journals or one of our prayer journals. And every time that you actually pray persistently and consistently and write that down, you are making a vote for the kind of person that you are. And if you tell yourself, I'm the kind of person, I pray persistently and I pray consistently, and I'm gonna keep asking and seeking and knocking, that's who I am. Every time you do that, maybe you have a calendar, you wanna mark that off. I, today I prayed and I interceded for those people. I asked boldly for this with confidence. By the end of the year, you will be that kind of person. You will be someone who prays consistently and persistently. But you can't just be someone who hopes that. So every action you take is a vote for who you wanna be. And if you wanna be someone who prays with boldness, then make that part of your identity. I'm someone who prays with boldness. I pray big, courageous prayers. And then do it. And every time you do that this year, it's gonna be a vote for that, being that kind of person. But here's my question for you. Are you persistent in your prayers? Is there something you're so locked on, so burdened by, so concerned by, that every time you pray, you're saying, God, this seems impossible. Please, God, with my last breath, I'm not gonna give up. I'm gonna keep asking. I'm gonna keep seeking. I'm gonna keep praying. Maybe it's someone who's far from God and you are so burdened that they come to know the saving grace of Jesus. And you know right now they're headed towards hell, but you believe that God can save them. And so this year, you're gonna pray persistently, consistently for that person. Maybe it's for your kid's school. Maybe it's for healing. Maybe it's direction in your life. There's something you need. And Jesus says, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. And God may drill down and say, you know what? What you're asking for is not the right thing. I have something better for you over here. Something different. But Jesus encourages us to keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Is there something you're praying that is bold, that is honoring God with the magnitude of your request? Are you praying for something that can only happen if God shows up? Something big. Because when we pray big, bold prayers, God is honored by that because then he gets the glory. When we pray for something that can't happen naturally on our own strength, he gets the glory. If there's nothing in your life that you're praying that is so big that only God can do, then you're missing out on the opportunity for God to do something big in this world and to do something great in you. Are you praying these big, bold prayers? I heard a preacher one time say, and it was very convicting, 
that if God answered all your prayers this week, if God said yes to everything you've prayed this last seven days, how different would the world look? Or would only your life look different? Now, we don't wanna heap guilt and shame and condemnation, but it is a good gut check to say, man, what am I praying about? Am I praying for my nation's leaders, our military who are maybe being or getting deployed? Am I praying for peace on earth? Am I praying for salvations? Am I praying for healings? Am I praying for God to show up in our schools and in our, our leaders and, and filling our teachers? What are you praying about this week that is honoring to God? Jesus could have said so many different things when his apostle said, teach us how to pray. But he said, let me focus on this one thing because this is huge. When you pray, don't give up. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. And just because heaven is silent, it doesn't mean that God is not listening. Keep asking. Just because no one's come to the door yet, keep knocking. Just because you haven't found it yet, keep seeking. Because God is honored by your persistent, consistent prayers. As we wrap up, I just wanted to show a clip of, uh, from a movie called War Room. And it ends just with this woman boldly praying. And I, I want this to be our heart. This idea that we go to war in prayer. That we get to participate with God to accomplish his purposes. And we don't understand so often that we are born into the midst of a war. Our God has the victory, but we have an enemy and his purpose is to seek and kill and destroy and take as many people to hell with him as he can. But we are invited to pray, to bring the king, God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, to spread love and joy and peace. And we do that by proclaiming the gospel, by, by handing out, you know, water bottles and socks and doing good deeds, but also we do that by prayer because prayer does change things. Prayer does something in the spiritual realm that we don't see, we don't understand. And our way to participate with God in this spiritual battle is to get down on our knees, to pray with boldness, to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking. This month, this year, let's pray bold prayers. Let's ask God to do great things in us and through us, in our community, in our city, in our schools, all around us. And I believe God is going to show up and he's going to do great things. Van, you can come up during this clip. Uh, go ahead and just check out this, this movie clip.